welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. his mother we we know this kid that can't be the messiah and they he had unbelief they had unbelief and they were upset at jesus while he was teaching in the synagogues and look at what it says matthew 13 58 and it says now he jesus did not do many mighty works there in his hometown why because of their unbelief he's doing miracles all over the place but he goes to his hometown and the people are like no that can't be the messiah we know this little kid we we saw him grow up that can't be the messiah and they had unbelief it says they, he wasn't able to do many mighty works. Is your unbelief hindering the work of God? Is my unbelief hindering what God wants to do in our midst? Oh, God can't do that. God can't. No, there's no way he can do that. Whoa, how big is your God? How big is my God? The power of prayer. I'm sure most of you heard the quote, God's delays are not God's denials. It's a wonderful quote. God's delays are not God's denials. But I found in my own personal life, the, the delays are there in my life to do a deeper work in my life, to, to just work in me as I wait on the Lord. Because during those, de, those delays, during the waiting time, often the stuff, the stuff that's in me starts surfacing out and starts coming out of me because God wants to change me. He's, he's more concerned about my eternal welfare than my temporal comforts. His delays are not his denials. I think of the Labor of Love Music Fest and... Wasn't that awesome? Can we give the Lord a hand for what he did? I mentioned last week, and I mean it, it's probably one of the top best days of my whole entire life. First, being saved. Second, being married. And third, Labor of Love Music Fest 2017. Seriously, that's how dynamic it was to be a part of just watching what God was doing. And I'm sure I mentioned this before, but even, you know, God as a baby Christian gave me this vision or just, a, a, just kind of an impression that, that I was going to stand before just a sea of people and to give the gospel and people were going to come forward. And so I was kind of like, you know, I told my sister about it. I told my wife about it. I says, yeah, I see this. You know, I don't quite understand it all, but I just kind of, you know, the Lord kind of showed me this. And so I'm standing up there. I'm just like, and I'm just like, wow, God, this is what you're talking about. As people were coming forward and giving their life to Jesus, as, as people, you know, throughout the day raising their hands and people, you know, coming forward at the beginning as Brian Sumner shared the gospel and just watching the powerful work of God's spirit working and watching just all the people, over 300 people, 300 volunteers working together. That's a miracle in itself. I said together they were working. Okay, some of them weren't working too good together, but most of us were trying to work together. It's not easy with different personalities and different things and different backgrounds and put us all together in one pot. It's like, it's getting a little uncomfortable. But God did a marvelous work, not because of us, everybody, but in spite of us, God worked. It was interesting, uh, Kathleen and I were at uh, K-Wave the other day talking to Michael Oden on K-Wave, the golden voice, I call him. I told him, every time I get around you, I talk deeper. My voice gets a little deeper. <laughs> I get a little taller, too. I, start, I walk next to him like this. He's just, he's got that deep voice. He's real tall. But she, my wife was telling him that, we're, she says, you know, we're all volunteers, even. And he goes, no, not the staffs are volunteers. Yeah, we all volunteer. None of us get paid for doing that. We're, everyone's volunteered. And he's like, he was literally, his mouth just dropped to the ground, like, are you serious? 
over 300 and some people all volunteering. Yes, how could, how could it be a labor of love if we're just paying everybody? It's like, <laughs> plus we don't have the money to pay everybody, but that's another story. Where was I going with that? Oh, that's where I was going with that. <laughs> Delays. You know, we prayed about having an outdoor concert type setting like that for over nine years. We prayed. God put it on our heart to have church outside of the church, outside of the walls, and to go there. And so we're looking at the green belt over there. And we're like, okay, Lord, it's not too wide, but I'm sure we can probably get a stage there and whatever you want, God. And we just felt the prompting, but it took nine years. But see, it was God's timing. You know, nine years before that, we've been doing it five years, so do the math like 14 years ago, 13 years. We weren't ready. We thought we were ready, right? There's no way we were ready back then. So God's timing is perfect in everything that he does. Everything that he does, his timing is perfect. So if he puts something on your heart or you've got a word that you're holding on to that God has given to you, don't let go of that. Keep praying over it and keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking because God's timing is always perfect in everything that he does. God's delays are not God's denials. He wants to do a deeper work with the denial that's taking place, the waiting time. Let him do that deeper work because he's preparing you for whatever he's going to do in the future. He is preparing you for it. But if you get bitter, it's not going to get better. And I'm sure you've heard that before. We can either get bitter or better, right? And it's good during those waiting times and the delay times to ask the Lord. And I'm sure you are, but keep seeking him and find out. And also look back on all that God did in the past and realize he never failed you before. He's not going to fail you now. He's got a purpose in that denial. Amen? Another story, George Mueller. I heard the story that he had like three or four friends of his. They weren't saved and he kept praying for them and praying for them for years and it took a while before one of his friends were saved. And then a long while after that, another friend was saved. And a long while after that, I believe there was maybe four of them, but the, the other one was saved. But he had one friend that just wasn't saved. And so one of his other buddies came to him and said, well, you know, do you think you should be wasting so much time praying for your friend? It's been, you know, a long time praying. you think you should still pray for him? He says, God wouldn't have put him in my heart for over 50 years if he wasn't going to save him. Well, the story goes, George Mueller died, and his friend still wasn't saved. But at his memorial service, his friend that he prayed for for over 50 years gave his life to Jesus Christ. Yeah, praise God. That's a true story. Do you have family members that are not saved? I'm sure you do. Do you have friends that are not saved? Do you have neighbors that are not saved? Don't give up. It's God's will that none shall perish. It's according to God's will that none shall perish. And you might say, well, they have a free will. That's true, but God, somebody prayed for me, and here I am. God doesn't want anyone to perish. Let's look back at those two verses because they're real powerful. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him and the Lord, that if we ask anything according to his will, do you notice that anything he hears us? And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Petitions are requests. So if you're a note taker, petition, you're requesting. You, you have those requests. In other words, God will give you those requests if they're according to his will. This doesn't imply that anything you ask for, God's just going to give it to you like a genie in the bottle, like, oh, give me this wish. And poosh. 
It needs to be according to his will. And you might say, how do you know the will of God? Well, one good way we know the will of God is by staying in the word of God. This is the best way we can know the will of God is staying in this word. God's will will never contradict his word. God's will will never contradict his word. God's will will never, ever, 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 ever contradict his word. It won't contradict his word. I've heard men, you know, in the past, they say, well, you know, God spoke to me and said for me to leave my wife and marry this young babe, you know, and that's what God wants me to do. That's not God's will. That's your flesh. And they say, well, God wants me to be happy, right? Yeah, he wants you to be happy, but he also wants you to be holy. His will will never contradict his word, ever, 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 ever. And this is our compass. We have to hold on to this. We have to, you know, every time, it's like this. When, you, when you're at a, a crossroad, you don't know which way to go. It always has to line up with the word of God. It, it won't work any other way. If it contradicts the word of God or God, it's like, well, let's lie about this because, you know, that, you know, God understands and he understands my heart and we'll just manipulate, we'll just lie. That's not God's will. Some will say, well, it's only a little white lie. Well, it might be just a little white lie, but it's still a lie. It won't line up with the will of God because it's not right in the word of God. It it, it contradicts the word. This is our compass. Jesus said in John 15, 7, if you abide in me, Jesus said, in my word, did you notice that? My words abide in you. How do we allow God's word to abide in us? Well, we need to read it, right? We need to stay in the word of God. And my words abide in you. Listen to this. It, it, it has to do with prayer. You, you will ask whatever you desire. Did you notice that? And it shall be done for you. That tells me that when you abide with him, you stay with him, and you stay in his word, and you continue to, to discern the, his will through the word of God, you're going to know how to pray effectively. You're, no, you're going to know what to ask for and what not to ask for. You're going to know the things that are going to be harmful to you, and you'll know how to avoid them. Because his word is a lamp unto our feet, right? Psalm 119 and 105. Don't you love that verse? It says, your word. We know this. I've, I've, I've quoted this I don't know how many times, but it, I never tire of quoting it. He says, your word, the word of God, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That tells me that the word of God illuminates our steps every step of the way. He, he gives us direction through the word of God. We know how to pray according to his will. I think sometimes people can think that God's will is not good, that God has it out for me. I don't want God's will. He might send me to Africa. He might do this. He might, well, let me tell you this. God's will is the best thing for your whole entire life. He's not out to get you. He's he's out to bless you. He's out to do a work in you. He's out to do better for you. Don't fight the will of God. Father absolutely knows best. I'm sure you heard the story about the man that was being served papers from an attorney and he was avoiding them like the plague and he managed to avoid this attorney for 14 years. Finally, this man, he had cancer and he's in the hospital bed. He's laying there in the hospital bed and guess who shows up? The attorney. And he says, okay, serve me my papers. Well, give them to me. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, yeah, I've got papers for you, but actually I've got, what it is, it's an inheritance. One of your close relatives died. And they left you $45 million. He says, I've been trying to give this to you for 14 years. Sometimes we think God's out to get us when he's out to really just take care of us and bless us and to, to, to give us what we have need of. And sometimes it's not comfortable. 
Many of you know, my wife and I, we lost three babies. We had three miscarriages, probably the toughest thing we had ever had to deal with. But it wasn't God's will for us to have babies here. It just wasn't his will. We prayed hard. We cried. We, we went through everything. We had people praying. We had people prophesying. They're seeing us carrying the kids and all this kind of stuff and all this stuff. Well, maybe they've seen it in heaven because it's not going to happen here, I don't believe, on earth. I mean, God can still, still do anything he wants. I mean, that's possible, but. <laughs> it might be like Elizabeth. I don't know. I mean, just, we're not even, we gave up praying and like, what, really? <laughs> I don't think so, though. Oh, we have little faith. <laughs> but my point with that is, Father knows best. I mean, even with the little wisdom that we have at this point, looking at our, the ministry and all that's going on and the busyness of life. And, you know, I can't imagine if we had little ones. <laughs> I just, I can't imagine that. God's will is always good for us. And sometimes we fight the will of God, don't we? I love what Jeremiah said. Jeremiah 33.3. I'm sure you know this one very well. I love this verse. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Call to me. And God's beckoning us. Call to me. Seek me. Did you notice? I will answer you. I will answer you. God will answer us. He always does. He always will. Sometimes he answers us in the negative and we're not happy with it, but we have to trust by faith it's a negative, it's a no because, again, he knows what's best. But did you notice and show you great and mighty things which you don't know? In other words, you can't even fathom the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You can't even, you can't even comprehend the things that God has for us. Praying according to his will. Importance of that. When it's according to his will, our lesson here today tells us pray with confidence. When you pray, Lord, help me love people more, that's according to his will. Believe that he's going to give you that love. Lord, I need more joy in my life. Well, there's all kinds of scriptures that you can find that talk about the joy of the Lord being your strength, and he wants to give us a joy. Just ask. He'll give you a joy that no one can take away. Peace. Boldness. The righteous are bold as lions. You lack boldness? Ask for boldness. God will give you boldness. Wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5. I think I have it right here. If anyone lacks wisdom, anyone. Did you notice that? If anyone lacks wisdom, um, how many here lack wisdom? I, I'm going to raise my hand because I know that's me. But look what it says. We can just ask of God and he gives to all. He, two hands back in the, in the back row there. <laughs> yeah, me too. If anyone lacks wisdom, we can ask of God. But look at what it says. He'll give to us all, not some, all, not selected people, all, everybody. He'll give to us all liberally. That means generously and without reproach. And it will be given to him. And this is the key right here. It goes with our text. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. So ask the Lord for wisdom and just believe that he wants to give you, have confidence, it's according to his will, that he wants to give all of us wisdom. Don't doubt. Doubt is ugly. Prayer's not getting our will done, trying to force God to see it our way. 
No, prayer is rather coming in contact and in tune with God's heart, finding out what God wants, finding out the will of God. Let's look at the last two verses before we... Back in our text, 1 John 5, verse 16. If anyone sees his brother, notice his brother, don't miss that part, his brother, sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. Possibly this simply means, you know, you see, you pray for someone and they get caught up in sin maybe, possibly, and then you pray for them and, and then they, they have life, you know, the brother this, that they'll, you know, maybe they got back caught in the world, but then they're, they repented and they, they'll be restored. And those who commit, excuse me, for those who commit sin not leading to death, so that God will restore them. There is sin, look at this, leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness is sin and there is sin leading to death. Those are two very interesting verses, wouldn't you say? <laughs> Some see this as spiritual death, sin leading to spiritual death. Um, some see it as, because it's spiritual death, they're, they, someone that continues to reject the Lord, reject the Lord, reject the Lord, want nothing to do with the Lord. God gives them over to a debased mind, and they're vile, and, they, and they're corrupt, and, and God's saying, you know what, I'm going to put it in your heart. Don't even pray for them anymore. And they look at the word, uh, that brother, as a loose way of saying brother, just, uh, you know, not a brother in Christ. So they see it that way. I had a coworker when I was in the corporate world. He was a salesman in Ohio. I lived in Michigan, and he, he was one of our salesmen in Ohio. And I tried sharing with him many times, and he kept rejecting it, rejecting it. He was, didn't want anything to do with the Lord. He did some kind of crazy things that I'd rather even not talk about, but... I remember one day he called the office. I was in my office, and I was talking to him. He was on his cell phone in his car, and he was talking. I think he just, he just bought a lottery ticket, he said, and he's saying, GD this, GD. He's like, and I'm like taking the phone off my ear because he's saying, you know, the GD word. I've always told him, you know, please. And I think even that time I said, you know, please, I, don't like you hear, I don't like hearing you say that. You know, that's my God. I don't like you saying that. So I hung up the phone with him, and shortly after that, I got a phone call. He had a heart attack, and he died. I was probably the last person that talked with him. And he was saying, GD, GD this and GD that. And he, he ended up dying. And it just broke my heart, you know. He had a car accident and, you know, he had a heart attack and had a car accident and he died. I've never had this happen before. And it was the strangest thing. I was getting ready to go to the memorial service, all ready to share with his family. I want to talk about Jesus. Obviously, he didn't know Jesus, and his family needs to know Jesus. I'm getting ready to go. I'm all ready to go. And I can tell you, God spoke as clear as day to my heart, and he said, let the dead bury the dead. I've never had that happen before. And, never, and I fought it because I wanted to go there. But I believe God was telling me, let the dead bury the dead, and it was strong. And I had to be obedient to what I believe God spoke to me very strongly to don't even go. And I didn't go. And I had my employees. They were all going and says, yeah, go, you know, whatever. Take the time. Well, they had the day off and let them go, go to the memorial service. But I knew God told me not to go. Let the dead bury the dead. And it was a heavy-duty thing. Others see this as a physical death, because of brother, it's speaking of a brother in Christ, I kind of tend to lead towards more, more towards that. 
interpretation of these verses. I know a lady, when I lived in Michigan as a believer, she was a heroin addict, and she gave her life to Christ, and she got delivered from heroin, and she started going to church and loving God and worshiping the Lord. After some time, she got back into heroin and fell away from God. She repented and got back into the church, and then she fell, and she kept going back and forth. The addiction of heroin was just so difficult. She had a very difficult time. I spoke with her days before she died, and she repented, and she gave her life to Jesus, and she wanted to go home. She says, I pray that God would take me home. She had, her liver was messed up, and they didn't give her long to live. She was you know, dying, and she says, I pray that Jesus takes me home. I've repented. I've asked him to forgive me. I don't want to go back into that world, and God took her. That was her, I believe, sin leading to death. Her sin led her to death, and that's possible. And sometimes believers get so caught up, they get back into the world, and they get caught up back into the, uh, to the world. They misrepresent the Lord, and, and sometimes God takes them home. Interesting, some see this as even like Moses, how he misrepresented the Lord. Not that Moses, Moses did great, but he misrepresented the Lord when he struck the rock the second time. He was supposed to speak to the rock, but instead he smote the rock, he struck the rock, and it was a root, it ruined the picture of Jesus because that rock was a picture of Jesus. Tells us that in Corinthians. And Jesus was only so, supposed to be, and he only was, smitten once, and then we speak to him, and, and refreshment flows out of him. So he blew the picture. So God basically pulled him aside and said, Moses, you can't lead my people into the promised land. You misrepresented me. And what happened? He died. He had to die there. So some see it as that. It was a sin leading to death. He just, he wasn't obedient. And so I'm just throwing these out there. Very difficult two verses to, to comprehend. One other thing. Remember Ananias and Sapphira when they lied about their property, how much they sold it for. Remember that in Acts chapter 5. Remember, they brought their proceeds, and they were bringing it, but they were lying. They kept back some of the proceeds. And then, you know, Peter was there. He says, why did you lie to God? You know, <laughs> you didn't lie to man. You're lying to God. Remember, he, psh, he fell down dead. Remember that? Remember, his wife came in after that, and, uh, and Peter says, well, did you sell that for so much? He goes, yeah, we sold it for so much. She lied, right? And he says, well, the same guys that took your husband out, they're going to come get you because you're going to die too. Psh, she died. That was their sin leading to death. Physical death. I believe it's possible they were still saved. They were believers. But they had a physical death. Could you imagine if that happened in the church today? Someone lied and just, poof, in church they die. But listen, do you know what happened? It's just people feared. The, the, the unbelievers in the area, they feared God. They were like, wow. They heard the story. And they're like, as we close, I know if you heard the story about Billy Graham how early in his ministry he arrived to a small town and he was supposed to preach at the local Baptist church and he had a letter that he wanted to mail. He didn't know where the post office it was, so he asked a young man, he says, you know, young man, can you tell me where the post office is? He says, yeah, and he gives him directions to get to the post office. So Billy Graham says, well, thank you, son. He says, you know, I'm going to be preaching at the local Baptist church. I want you to be there because I'm going to tell everyone how to get to heaven. The boy replied, well, I don't think I'm going to be there. You don't even know how to get to the post office. <laughs> Well, we have a God that knows everything. And he wants us to be in tune with his will. He wants us to pray effectively, with confidence, without doubting. I'd suggest with this reminder, let's stay in the word. Let's know the will of God. Let's pray effectively for his namesake. 
Let's have that confidence that when we pray anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have those petitions that we've asked of because it's God's will. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.